Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tonight for the Tech Educator Podcast, we are going to be talking all about Google Maps, Google Mapping Tools, and some of the great things that you can be doing across all of the brand new Google Mapping applications. There's, of course, several great ways that you can reach out to us and be a part of this and all of our shows. We love it when you find us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voicemail over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net and and of course, we can subscribe to all of our shows over on teachercast.net slash audio and teachercast.net slash video. And certainly thank you guys for joining us. We are here live as we are every single Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. We are over on TeacherCast TV. We're also broadcasting live to Twitter, to Periscope, to Facebook, to YouTube everywhere and of course we have our great live chat box out there so check out all the things that are happening as you go through and uh, certainly be a part here of the teacher cast educational broadcasting network i want to bring on our panel for tonight talking all about google maps and the great things that can be done a great technology coach from the state of massachusetts jen judkins how are you tonight Great. The sun is finally shining. It is amazing out there. I heard it's going to be close to 90 where we are. Um, are. Are you doing a lot with Google Maps or have you done a lot with your teachers with Google Maps this year? So not this year. I have in the past and I am actually really excited because we have a lot of Chromebooks in my district. So I'm really excited about some of the new features in Google Earth and the ability to use Google Earth as a web-based tool, which it hadn't previously been available that way. So I'm hoping to do more in the coming school year with it. I got to tell you, I'm very excited about the things that are happening right now over at Google Earth. We have a great demonstration for that. So if you are listening in the car, pull over. Check out our YouTube over at teachercast.net slash video, and we're going to show you guys all the great things and places that you can fly your students to if the timing is right. I want to bring on from California, Mr. Sam Patterson. Sam, how are you tonight? I am grand. That is fantastic. Now, tonight we're talking a little bit about maps, earth, and making, and all that works. Is there a place for maps in a makerspace? Well, of course there are. There is, because you can, like, make all kinds of different maps. And we've used topographical maps and 3D printing. Uh, some really cool educators have uh, augmented reality sandboxes in their makerspace that allow you to map where water would go in an ecosystem as defined by the sand in a box and you move the sand around and it changes the map. So yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. You can do. Excellent. And while we switch over to our next co-host, I'm going to ask Sam just to check his mic settings. It's coming in just a little bit faint tonight. I want to bring on our map maker, our map expert from the great state of Wisconsin, Mr. Josh. Josh, how are you tonight? Josh is hanging in there. Things are getting a little crazy over here, but uh, we're, we're keeping our head above water. No pun intended, right? For a map show? Sure. Yes. I hope I can find my way back. Very, very cool. Josh, tonight we're talking all about Google Maps, Google Earth. This is certainly a subject that we've touched a few times over on the Tech Educator podcast. Recently, Google released a brand new version of Google Earth. I, I wanted to ask you here, what do you think about it? Have you had a chance to play with it yet? Yeah, when I first saw that, I was really excited. Uh, Google Earth is one of those things that was really cool when it first came out. Uh, I had an opportunity to take a Google MOOC online course that was all about mapping, and they had a section on Google Earth, and there were some super cool things that I didn't know that Google Earth could do that I learned about. Uh, but then as the tides have turned and now schools are more Chromebook-based, Google Earth has really lost 
its favor with me and with, you know, I think a lot of schools because there's just no way to interact with it on that platform. So on the news that it came out, it's obviously very exciting because it was a really powerful tool that we just didn't have access to. Um, so I was excited to jump in and check it out. Um, it's slick. It works really well in the browser in terms of navigating and getting around to different places. The Voyages feature is super cool in that they've got some custom-made uh, field trips built inside there that are informational, uh, and they have quite a few of those as well. Um, and there's even just the tiniest bit of creator potential, which I'm hoping they expand in the future uh, with the ability to upload custom uh, KML files. So if you have something from Google My Maps or Google Tour Builder, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, um, you can actually export those from those programs and import them into the new Google Earth and take advantage of all that 3D and high-res goodness that takes place within there. Now at this point, that's it for the creator stuff. So that's kind of where I'm left wanting more because I love that ability in the old Google Earth, the downloaded program to be able to record and narrate a tour. Uh, that was awesome and I wanna see that back. Um, obviously we can kind of fill in the gaps if we use a third party tool to record our screen as we go, um, but I'd love to see it just all baked into one. So that's kind of my first impression. It's cool, I'm glad it's out there and I'm just wanting more. Well, let's well, take a look here at, uh, yes Sam? Well, I mean, I, I just, I can, I get what you're saying, Josh, but in the classrooms you work in, could all of the kids be simultaneously streaming video to the internet? Uh, yeah, our network's pretty good. I think they could. Yeah, yeah. Because our, ours are pretty good. But even today when we were all just on like a Google site together, working and building together, we experienced some lag. I do get and, what you're saying. You make a good point. Like, is it practical know, that every student would be able to do that at once? I, I agree. You are correct there. Right. And, and that's that's the challenge of the the all online version is is exactly that. Now, is there still a way to get to like if I have Google Earth downloaded on my computer, does it still work? I think so. Like I mean, it's a program. Version? Yeah. Okay. So it's just, you know, it's that, that ongoing challenge of, you know, what do we have access to and, 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 you know, what can we support? But in the meantime, it got so much prettier. I was looking at my house. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Well, let's, let's take a look at that right now. If I switch the, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> if I switch the screen over here, we have the new Google earth. Now, again, I'm looking at this on Chrome. Am I correct in thinking that this is cross browser or is this only available on Chrome? I think it's cross browser. Excellent. So over is it is it iPad compatible or tablet compatible or is there a Google I don't even know is, is there a Google Earth app out there right now? Well, there is a Google Earth app that's existed for a long time. Okay. Um but I'm going to just throw it up on my phone here real quick and just tell you I believe it is supposed to be cross platform because Google Earth deprecated their um Google Earth deprecated or Google Chrome deprecated their 3D plugin. Uh -huh. So they're using some other way to, to do it. 
So here we are with Google Earth. And again, as they've been saying, this is absolutely beautiful. I can just take my mouse and I can spin the globe. I can use my, my fingers here with the gesture motion to zoom in with everything here. I've got some navigation buttons on the left. I've got some buttons over here. I've got some 3D buttons. I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, what I like to do, and, and maybe we can share a couple suggestions here. If I go over here to search, I can search for a local area. So I just typed in uh, Josh's favorite place, uh, Disney World for him, at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. And you get this gorgeous 3D aerial view of Gillette Stadium. And then over here, we've got information on it. We've got some pictures. Uh, we can bookmark things. It says people also explore. And then it brings up these other cards. If you want to go shopping through the other, um, the other, uh, what am I looking Stadiums. for? Stadiums. There you go. That's what happens when you get notifications while you're podcasting. So all of these different places and all this different information, Josh, this is pretty cool stuff here. Yeah. I think the ease of flying around and, and the way it connects you to information about places and similar places is really nice and efficient. So when students are researching or exploring a topic, um, I think that's an extremely powerful research resource because, um, you know, the medium is important and, and it's much more engaging to look at something like that and get information from that than from a book or from a website. Um, I think that's part of what makes it so powerful is how it can really pull them in. By the way, just an aside, I did check on my phone. Uh, they did update the apps. So the Google Earth apps on the phone are updated to simulate the new Google Earth online. But you can't access the web version, um, so you would still need the app. That is pretty cool. So my question to you, Josh, and everybody here, let's say that a teacher comes to you and says, I want to do a mapping project or I'm just doing a social studies lesson. We got maps. We got my maps. We have Tor Builder. We have Google Earth. How do you figure out what the best direction is to lead a teacher? Uh, I think it's going to really depend on exactly what they're doing and how clear a sense they have of that. So if they come to you and they just say, you know, I want to do maps, there's a site that I found that I really like that is a great spot to start for a project like that. That's a National Geographic map site. Um, I'll drop it in the chat on teachercast.tv. But if they have a concise lesson idea, like the ones outlined in that post, and it's broken out by grade level, it can be a lot easier to kind of get started on something because you could, if you had a, you know, like a kindergarten class, if they wanted to do a mapping activity, one of the coolest things that you can do is actually map their classroom. Now, what would you use in the Google suite to do that? To map their classroom. What do you mean by map their classroom? Like you cre create a, a essentially a mechanical drawing of their classroom, a technical drawing of their space. Well, that would, I mean, I would think if we're using a Google suite, I would say Google drawing right. um, would be my like initial first connection there. Right. Cause they could just, you know, drag in the shapes from the different shape making tools. But now, okay. Now Google maps doesn't zoom in quite far enough, but they could do something like their school. If they zoom in and they could use the the polyline tool to outline their school and then they could use different pla placard pin things and change the icons for different places 
in the school. I I mean that's it's a little bigger, but that's a possibility. Yeah. I don't I'm not sure exactly how far you can zoom in if that would be practical or not, but you could definitely get the outline of your school as long as it wasn't in a protected area. Cause like I zoomed in far enough on my house and then rotated to the 3d to the point where I could see the windows I'm sitting next to, which did give me pause, right? They were great. <laughs> they were grayed out. And that means that they could actually see in that and they have modified. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love big brother. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, I just zoomed in on my school and it fills up my whole screen. So I think there's definitely, um, some ability to map the school in a way. So a lot of different ways to kind of uh, approach how you map your local space. So one of the things that I noticed here about the new Google earth, um, which again is earth.google.com is you can actually sign up here and let me see if I can do a little navigation thing. Um, changing the screen here, they have several places that you can explore um, from the desert to, to places in Mexico to all, all these different things here. Um, I just want to see if we can sign into one of these here. This is the uh, National Reserve in Kenya. And you'll see here there's a little title card and it says start exploring, tells a little bit about the area, has a nice, beautiful picture. And then here we are d diving into the heart of Kenya over here on the right side, it gives some information, gives some beautiful pictures. Of course, using the uh, the controls over here, we can zoom in, we can move around. And then it looks like with this, there's uh, 32 different places that we can go. So here we are on our tour. And this is, I mean, for me, this is moving quite fast. This is also very beautiful. If I click on this little person over here, uh, let's see. Am I allowed to zoom in to street level? Wow. There I go. Boom. So there I am looking at an elephant and now I have street view maps of Kenya. I don't know. This is, this is kind of neat. And this is, this is very easy to do. So here's my like brain going right now. Last summer, I had an opportunity to help with a lit support summer school class. So for students who needed a little extra help on reading and writing. And the leader of that is our lit coach for our 5-8 buildings and um, grades 5-8 through eight buildings. And she really does a great job trying to make it engaging and interesting. So the whole focus is on animals and, and mainly endangered species. And so when you pulled up Kenya and you showed elephants, all I could think of is, wow, how cool that this exists, that we could pull them in to utilize this, to get that reading in, to get that research in, um, to, to develop some writing prompts around that. Um, and I just had not made that connection until now. And I'm like so excited to share this with her. There's a lot of stuff here. I, I pulled up a, a Sesame Street girls around the world and I'm, I'm, I'm in Israel right now learning about what Sesame Street looks like in Israel. I don't obviously I don't have the sound turned up, but, you know, you guys can clearly see there's a lot of neat stuff that you can pull up here. And we're clearly just no pun intended, scratching the surface on everything here. Jen, what do you think about all these different tools? I mean, I, I know you and I have talked a lot about Google Sites. I don't think that Google Earth can be uh, embedded into a Google site to, to, to what what have you tried or what do you think i don't know um with the new sites you mean um i don't know what would happen if you tried to embed it i haven't tried to do that um i was going to 
I was playing around here to share an example about my maps, um, something that I've done with students um, using Google My Maps where they import data and then they can write in facts about different locations. I don't know, have you guys done that before? The import data or the write in facts? Both, like at the same time, like where you import data to create pins and then the kids edit those pins to add information to them so that you know you 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 lay the pins down with a with an import of a spreadsheet and then the kids fill in um some of the fields because if you if you have columns in your spreadsheet that are blank columns they actually become they can be edited by the student so um let me just maybe i can jeff can i share sure I, I, I'm checking out these things now, and right now Google Sites and Google Earth does not mix, or you know, at least when you put the uh, what the website address, and it does not natively do that. I know my maps does, and I'll show you a little bit about the tour builder stuff later. Uh, Jen, what do you got there? So I took a data table that has a location, and um, and then like the year the capital was established and the population and the area. And then I made two extra columns, a fun fact column and a history column so that kids could add that information. And I've done this before where I actually put the kids names as one of the, one of the items or, or even the label for the map. But when you're in my maps, you can, you can actually, let me go back so you can see that process. You can actually um, import data from a spreadsheet so if you're making a new map, you can click this import button right here on the left in that little um, sidebar menu that comes up that says import and it will take a CSV file. Um, I actually just grabbed this file right off the web so it was easy to do. I didn't have to make one from scratch. I found a states and capitals spreadsheet. And then it prompts you to, to ask you, well, what is it that you, you know, what's going to be used for the location? So you select which column is going to call out the location. And then what the, when you hover over, what's going to be the name for the location? Um, so you can even pick, I've had student names be the hover over. And then it imports and drops pins in all those locations. But what I wanted to point out to viewers is that um, this is a great way to do like a project with students because you can share the map and you can give every student edit permission. You could you could do this right through classroom. You could have anyone with the link can edit and then you have the kids find their pin. And then if they click the edit pencil, you'll notice that this fun fact in history, these are blank and I can type in here because I left those columns in my spreadsheet. So I have headers for those columns, but no data in those columns. So when you're a teacher and you're trying to grade maps and you want to be able to separate stuff, um, I found that teachers like to be able to see the different categories, perhaps, that they want students to fill in. So by loading data into a map on a, using a spreadsheet, it allows for that clear um, breakdown of different um, pieces of information associated with the map pin. And of course, now kids does, can add a picture. 
the spreadsheet data would just push to this map, right? Yes. There is, there is live into relationship. Right. So if I update the spreadsheet, it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't change the map. So typically I have um, teachers do this before the students even arrive. So the, you know, I might just have the state and I might even just have the state and capital and the student name and then have the kids find these other pieces of information. Right. But then um, when when you're viewing the map pins, I'll have to go in preview mode because it doesn't look the same when you're, I, this really threw me off when I was using my maps um, early on. I didn't understand how some people, when I went to their maps, they had this beautiful little sidebar that when I would click on something, it would have this nice little like card off to the side. And when I was looking at my own maps, it didn't look like that, but um, as you guys probably know, this little card that pops out from the side that has the data associated with the map pin only appears when you're in the view only mode. Mm. So um, I don't know if that will throw users off because it confused me for, for a bit because I wondered why other people's maps looked really nice when you would click on a pin and mine brought me to like an edit mode. So I've used this uh, sort of thing in foreign language classes and in... Um, history classes, but it can be, and we've also done it when we do, our, our students do like through, for geography in elementary school, they'll do um, mystery calls. And so we'll over time map the pins of the places that we've done mystery calls with to kind of keep track of those locations. So, so my, what you were at, we're getting a little getting echo a from, somebody. from somebody. What you were what asking you were for is live, live updates on maps, Sam, and I, I, I can't say this absolutely, but let's just say that that is not currently a feature of Google yet, but maybe someday soon. And I'm not yeah. saying that there that that might happen, but I'll tell you that um, you can do that between Excel and everything else. So it's 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 definitely a feature that's coming soon. Mm -hmm. But I didn't say that. So anyway, um, so you know, again, looking at Earth, looking at my maps. Um, Josh, you talked a little bit about Tor Builder in a previous episode. While I'm getting the demo here for that, talk to us a little bit about what Tor Builder is and 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 how wonderful is it, and how wonderful can it be for us. Sure. Uh, Tour Builder is an excellent tool um, that just came onto the Chromebook scene a couple of years ago uh, when Google finally allowed a 2D mode so that the, you didn't require a 3D plugin, which Chromebooks don't have, uh, to run, to operate. Um, and so what Tour Builder does, a little better than my maps, is it provides a sequence. It provides a linear travel document that you can tell a story about something, whether it's your own experiences, whether it's something from literature or anything that you can think of that you can use space and location to tell something. And I really like it because it's, it's clean, it's all packaged into one. Um, like I talked about with Google Earth, having that ability to create this narrated tour, this is like one step removed from being able to do that. All that's missing is the voice. And you could actually do that uh, with a little bit of a hack and, and uploading your own videos into here. So I love Tour Builder and this is super accessible for all age groups. Um, we've had 
um, students as young as fifth grade doing tour builder. Um, I've got a good friend, Brian Costello, that um, I know people on the panel probably know who he is. He's a New Jersey guy. Um, he's done this with lower elementary kids. So, I mean, this is a super accessible tool um, that's really well done that I like. And I will let Jeff talk a little about some of the nuts and bolts. Well, if you go over to tourbuilder.withgoogle.com, this is absolutely one of those, as Josh said, this is a storytelling app. It's Yes, there's maps to it, but really this is about telling a story. And I wanted to share how easy this was. This here is a, a quick demo of my school district. And you can see here in the middle, I've got some flags and I've got some locations of our schools. And I, I, I use this as a demo a lot. And all you got over here on the left side are the, are the various buildings or the spots on the tour. On the, uh, the, the next panel to the right, you've got some information. This happens to be all the buildings, a little bit of the history of the school district. And then over here, we've got a plus and a minus on the map. And of course, I can center things and I can zoom in from here. If I hit the next button, it then takes me to the overview of where the district is. And I've, I've zoomed out of New Jersey. And then if I want to, I can zoom in to say where the high school is or where the middle school is. And for each of these, uh, the picture over here seems to have gone away. But you can add up to, I think, 23 or 25 photos and videos that go along with each of the um, buildings. And so if I fly to the next thing, you'll see another school building here. Now, the neat part about all this is I can take my little person icon and anywhere that I see a street that's lined in blue, I now all of a sudden have Google Street View, which if you're on an interactive whiteboard or smart board or TV or something, this is pretty awesome that you can very, very quickly come up here and then you can zoom through. We were actually doing this with the elementary students because we've been practicing how to do all the evacuation drills. And so now we can actually get out of our school and then we can practice how to go down the street and where we're going to stand for the evacuations. This is really neat. Uh, and I got to tell you, this is one of those little skills that I picked up after watching the Tech Educator podcast with Josh. So there's a lot of neat things that are on here. Josh, I, I know one of the things that's kind of the downside to this, and we've talked about this recently, is it's not collaborative. You can't have more than one person doing it. Am I, I'm still correct in that, right? That is still correct. So you'd have to use one of the age-old workarounds, such as you know, creating an email that both students use or you know having both students work side by side and kind of simultaneously creating one or just having one student choose to work on it and hoping that that student isn't sick which google has solved a lot of those other things around that particular issue uh, but uh, yeah tour builder is still one that's still writing solo and maybe one day they'll open it up and make a collaborative file Never doubt what Google might or might not release to us. That should have been a beginning day feature, and then we'll come out and we'll get like super excited because that's what we do. So in order to create these, all you have to do is hit the, the red button that says create a tour. And Josh, please feel free to, 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 to jump in here. So I have a, a map. I'm just going to zoom in over Philadelphia. I'm going to zoom in just a little bit. And then I, I'm going to hit the save button. And essentially here I can tell the story. I can start to type. I can say this is going to be a story 3D, a 2D model, and they've each got some different ideas for what those are. We can change the color of the path between two different locations. And essentially right there I'm going to add a location. So I can say MetLife Stadium. 
and then it's going to zoom me out and then zoom me back in here to New York. Now notice, it's not as as nice as the new Google Earth, um, but you, you get a lot of the features here. So I'm going to add this to the tour, and you can see it pops up nicely over here on the right. Sorry, on the left. Um, I can center things. I can look here. If I want to, I can, of course, put my person in the... Uh, in the parking lot, it seems here, and we can give a tour of the stadium. So very, very easy to create a, a tour, create a story. If you guys are going on a vacation or on a tour with your kids, this is a great way, especially if you're doing a, a field trip and you want to share with the parents where your students are going to be going. Uh, this just couldn't be easier. I, I think I'm still correct, guys, in saying this is also not embeddable on Google Sites, but maybe we can say hopefully one day for that one, too. Yeah, I know that's in the long term or I don't know this year be considered long term. I think that's in the long term roadmap for Google stuff is to get that going. Uh, one thing I will say about that street view is and this is something that I picked up this year. So when you put on your point and then you're kind of looking around the map, I don't know if you want to bring your demo screen back up or not, but um, when you go to street view, what you'll notice on the top right of that view, you've got that box, the top right, that has uh, lock this view, that blue button. Yep. So when you do that, that's the view that people will come to at that point on your tour. So what that means is if you have a street view and then you're navigating through your tour, what it'll do is it'll zoom right into that street view. I uh, didn't which, know that. <laughs> which I thought was really, really cool. So what I was, when I figured that out, and it's one of those things that I figured out, well, live demoing to kids. So like I freaked out in front of them, like, oh my God, I can't believe that works. Um, and, and then I kind of told them like, well, if you want to show like the overview and then this, you could just do two points at the same place and have one that's the, the, the wide view and then have the street view one. So they thought that feature was pretty cool. And I just hit the little mapping pin and then suddenly, boom, I'm out in Google Maps. And of course, I can figure out directions and all the all the great features of, of everything that Google Maps. I mean, really, the, the, the tour builder is fantastic. Josh, I didn't even know that that feature existed. Um, absolutely fantastic stuff here. Let's see if we can add another location. If I start typing S-O-L-D-I-E-R, Soldier, Soldier Field in Chicago, it automatically zooms me out, flies me over puts me right in here i can hit save and uh, i can add soldier field to my tour and so if i was going to give the whole tour here i have the overview uh, i know this is this is video here but then i can fly into metlife stadium and you can see it it it, 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 it you know it doesn't zoom the same way that google earth does which maybe someday right but i have this now set to street view and then once i click back over to soldier field it very quickly just puts me right in the middle of Chicago. Those are really neat features, guys. Well, yeah, and they and what they do is they provide this great visual for students to explore the world around them. Um, when I got an opportunity to go to ISTE for the first time in Philadelphia, I can't say that I really looked at Philadelphia on a map, but it astonished me how close it was to the ocean. Like I didn't realize it was that far over from where I was. Like, I feel like I'm hanging out in the middle in Wisconsin. Uh, but yeah, Philadelphia is, is really far East. Like I, not, not like far East, but whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where I believe map skills are so important for developing a perspective on life and, 
you know, if there's no other reason I can pitch you as to why it's important, giving our students a perspective outside their own front door is really, really crucial, uh, especially now more than ever. Sam, I, 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 I want to wrap up here, but I was kind of thinking about some of the work that you're doing, especially with the videos and the puppets. Would it be mm-hmm. difficult to use these maps and the flyovers and the 3D images as B-roll when we are creating uh, videos with our students? I mean, I would assume that if you're using a screencasting app or Camtasia or something, you could do a really nice flyover of some school and then suddenly, you know, you've got a video that you can put in your uh, lesson plans or with your kids or something. Definitely. Like, you know, if you're, if you're working against a green screen, you can put anything you want behind that. So if you do something like, you know, on my machine, I would open up Google earth and then I would launch QuickTime and I would record it as I went. And then that could be an awesome B-roll. Very, very cool. Um, where do you guys see all this stuff? You know, I, I obviously it, it's new. It's on Chrome. It's it's on our phones. What's the craziest thing that you guys have ever seen with with apps or you know a lesson that we could do here? Probably when we teach the kids how to map the most efficient Uber route by which to catch the most Pokemon Go. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, people have used uh, my maps as a collaborative resource for that to to look at sightings and, and nests. I believe um, the Silk Road uses OpenStreetMap um, and some other funky configuration in order to do their nest reporting for Pokemon Go. But I mean, that is one use for it that you could use that I think would be awesome. Uh, we've had students do a research project where they are all on one map. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick while we're putzing around here. Um, but basically they did research these volcanoes and then all students were on one map and they put all of their volcanoes on there, uh, which looks really cool when you, when you see them all. And then you get like this visual of the ring of fire uh, that looks so cool. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and um, yeah, this is one of the first projects I was lucky to be a part of um, that I that was really neat when I first started my position a couple years ago. All right, can we see it? Yes. Yeah, so you can see here all of the different um, locations. And then the kids absolutely love this feature in my maps where they could use their use the volcano as the icon. Uh, so they could use their own custom picture as the icon. And then what they did is they put some information in the description. But here's one of the downsides of my maps that we did a workaround for. In my maps, there is no revision history. So if some kid is being a little nefarious and mischievous and decides they want to destroy and delete somebody else's point, um, the students all actually put their research on a Google Doc. So they linked off to that. So if something were to happen to their particular point they had everything they didn't completely lose it through this so that's good practice anyway i was telling the kids today i'm like the best defense against having somebody delete your work is draft your work in a non-shared document and then paste it in yeah i mean that's just just good digital literacy is always be backed up somewhere be safe i mean it's like filling out an online job application or um 
and you know all those things that you have and you know a presentation proposal i just filled one out for fetsy not too long ago in florida and yeah i lost the whole thing because i i like got interrupted in the middle of it i thought i had saved it and i didn't and i should have had it in a document i'm still learning that lesson hmm. so yeah that's that's a really good thing to teach Lots of great things here. And I want to just uh, to share with our listeners here, lots of great things happening next week. Uh, next week, we have a great show. So next week, we're going to be uh, talking all about student blogging. Jen, tell us a little bit about what we're talking about next week. We're going to have our friends from Seesaw on. What is Seesaw? So Seesaw is a fantastic tool, particularly for our younger students, students in grades pre-K through three and four, I think it's ideal for it. Certainly can be used for older students as well, but it allows students to capture their learning in a lot of different ways, whether through video or audio um, photos, which they can annotate, just a variety of different ways that they can demonstrate their learning. Very, very cool. Of course, we are here live each and every single Tuesday night at 8 o'clock, and we've had a great chat going on tonight over there. Uh, Jen, where can we find out the great things that you're doing in your neck of the woods? Uh, oh, Jeff, real quick, though, I, sure. I was playing around while we were talking and you were asking about Google Sites, the new sites and my maps, and it does appear that you can add uh, my maps to your site. Um, nice. Were you guys able to see that? Like while I was looking, did I miss that conversation or was that still my maps? Is that is that in the, in the right side menu? Yes. So, yeah, if you choose maps, it actually lets you select my maps or maps. So it does work. Excellent. We're going to so, be. I just wanted to answer that. And, and, and that's always important. We're going to actually be doing a, a, a update on Google websites uh, in the next couple of weeks coming up here because there's uh, there's a few things that are new. By the way, before we uh, sign off here, did you see the new feature of Google Classroom that was reported today? No, do tell. I, I was reading uh, Alice Keeler's blog this morning, and she's doing a uh, she's having a great time out in uh, in jolly old England. But apparently, uh, you can now in Google Classroom on the app on your phone record video, and then post the video into Google Classroom directly, which I think is a pretty cool feature. Yeah, that's really neat. I, I'm assuming that that's only you know not only but recommended for short videos not let me take an hour lesson and quote you know flip my classroom by posting the entire 45 minute long lecture that 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 that's a data hog right there if you're going to do that but i would say a short videos on wi-fi why not yeah i tell you i don't know jeff i think a 45 minute lesson is more akin to a correspondence course than a blended flip class <laughs> or or a fantastic podcast on a tuesday night uh sam you have a new podcast episode that's going to be launched tonight aren't isn't it Yes, indeed. An episode all about toy hacking and my adventures in trying to figure out robotics by playing with cute plush dinosaurs. Toy hacking. Is that where you clean up after your triplets and try to figure out what piece goes to where in the closet? Actually, what I suggest is that toy hacking is a great therapeutic tool for parents, whereby they can take the most annoying toys that they've given their children and bring them into school and reprogram them for other uses. Sam, I'm going to be sending you a few toys um, that I don't need to hear anymore or, right? or step on, right? Like they're, 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 they're welcome not only in toy hacking land, but also in toy hospital. 
which Ooh. is another thing entirely. Uh, they they might be going to toy landfill soon, so we'll 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 see <laughs> well, what happens. Send, send them to toy hospital first. <laughs> uh, my Elmo still has a sticker on the eye, just so you know. Josh, where can we learn more about the great stuff that you are and follow you on Twitter in all the great buildings that you're in? <laughs> uh, well, uh, you can follow me at Mr. G Factor the Day, as well as check out the at TEDxDepeerMS Twitter handle to see everything exciting that's happening with that. That'll be blowing up the Twitters here in about a week and a half. Um, we have that event coming up on May 26th. Been really exciting working with the kids over the past couple months to get them ready to go. We're just about to the finish line. So it's about that point in time where we get a little crazy. Um, like I've been telling everybody around me, I don't remember the last time I didn't have a pit in my stomach. Uh, but anybody who's done concerts, anybody who's done uh, plays, I know they all have experienced that. So this is nothing new. But you know, I just want the kids to do a great job because this will be out there forever and I want it to be the kind of forever they can point to and say check this out I did this in eighth grade I did this in seventh grade so I couldn't be more excited and it's going to be a great day um, and yeah we'll just see how it turns out in about a week and a half Nice. Uh, looking forward to hearing more about that. Uh, looking here through our chats again, we are here live on Tuesdays at eight o'clock. Peggy saying it's not just the pre-recorded, but the new feature of classroom is that you can do live video directly to classroom. So I would think that it's possible now at your Thanksgiving table to set up a Google classroom for your entire family, live chat it, and then give them a homework assignment before dessert happens. <laughs> Bueller if you if you want go if for you. it and that wraps up this episode of the tech educator podcast we are, of course here live each and every Tuesday night at eight o'clock on the teachercast.tv there's of course several other great ways that you can reach out and be a part of this and all of our shows we love it when you find us on Twitter at teachercast leave us a voicemail over at teachercast.net slash voicemail email us at feedback at teachercast.net and of course subscribe to each and all of our shows over at teachercast.net slash audio and teachercast.net slash video lots of great shows coming up we're going to be talking about Google Classroom Google Sites seesaw and of course pretty soon we're going to be having our salute to isti the fantastic event that's going to be happening live in san antonio at the end of june i'll be out there broadcasting live for the not at isti crowd please stay tuned for more information on behalf of everybody here on the teacher cast educational broadcasting network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students <laughs>